Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and, more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. A very special episode today for two reasons. The first reason This is our 50th episode. Isn't that wild? That means that we've been recording the podcast weekly for almost a year, every single week, except for one week, which is because of technical issues, (laughs) dreaded technical issues. And the second reason that it's very exciting is in honor of our 50th episode, I decided that I would bring back our most loved guest. I say our most loved guest because it's my favorite person that I've interviewed and it's also your favorite person, which I know from your feedback and also number of downloads. And that is my husband, Che Robinson. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you so much for uh, having me back on. I feel I feel honored to be asked back. So good. Well, I mean, we, we had such beautiful feedback. I mean, you and I have spoken about this multiple times, but the whole reason that you and I really, well, I definitely twisted your arm to come on the podcast the first time because I know it was somewhat out of your comfort zone, but you said to me, and I quote, I'll only come on the podcast if you think that it's actually going to support people. And so we crafted an episode that was, you know, our experience of me starting a business and you being the partner, like in that partner support role and all the things that we've navigated with that in mind. And um, the feedback that we've had has been incredible. Like I've had people literally teary in my DM saying that it's really supported them and their partner as they've been navigating like starting a business and the challenges of that. I've been told that it's been played on long car rides and across kitchen tables, you know, shared with partners. I've had the partners send me messages, which the feedback's just been incredible. Yeah. What, how does that make you feel? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, um, yeah, it, it felt a little bit uh, stretchy that the prospect of coming on and, and uh, you know, talking about us and, and and our journey and stuff like that, you know, introvert life. But uh, yeah, look, I was I was just stoked with how it went in the end. I actually really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, the fact that, that so many people found it helpful, that's, that's all you could hope for, uh, one can hope for. So yeah, that's awesome. So I'm pretty, pretty pumped to be doing it again. 
So good. I couldn't agree more. And we are, we're in kind of a whole new season of life at the moment. I mean, when we recorded this last time, I, I didn't have the home office set up. We're actually hilariously recording this from you're in your office and I'm in my <laughs> office because we couldn't get our audio feedback to work properly when we're in the same room, which is kind of hilarious, but feels nicer being at home mm, and seeing yeah. you through Zoom in your office. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird that you're just through the wall there, but uh, yeah, this is cool for sure. Yeah, we went uh, we went into a full studio last time. It's nice that we've kind of, or that you've created the studio at home. Very convenient indeed. Oh my God, so convenient. Once again, introvert life. It's so nice to not have to go anywhere to do it and not have to, like it adds on a whole new layer. I think recording a podcast episode, there is an element of having to like psych yourself up and be in the right energy to record and so just being able to do that anytime from home as you know I I sometimes really like to do these things like early morning and hours that the studio wouldn't be open but in addition to that we we also got married in this last year yes yeah about what four four months ago one week that sort of thing yeah yeah March and uh, yeah, what a day. Great day. It was a great day. Best day. All the cliches were true for us. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm still super grateful to this minute that uh, we, we were able to uh, have it go off without a hitch in the end. I mean, there were a few absent friends for obvious reasons, but uh, you know how fortunate we were to to be surrounded with, you know, I don't know, three quarters of our nearest and dearest it was so nice. Yeah. It was such a special day. And I remember a girlfriend, shout out to you, Sammy Fleming, saying to me that like things would feel a little different after you got married. And I remember being like, oh, I just don't know how that is going to be true for us because we're already so close and connected. But there is like, I've definitely felt that the layer of where a team has just amplified even further. Has anything felt different for you? No, I must admit it, it. It hasn't felt particularly different. I mean, I think it's. <laughs> I love this. It's like that's the full like that's the full girly answer, and you're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a little bit insensitive in some ways, but uh, um, you know, from my perspective, that's what's really nice about it. Because as a guy, occasionally you can encounter some a few comments to the effect of oh you know you know things can change and and what have you but uh you know that hasn't been the case at all it's it's been business as usual and you know we had a great relationship before and we have a great relationship now and and long may it continue yeah yeah (laughs) I love that And so in terms of other shifts and changes in our lives, there's been a few for you. You're no longer FIFO. You're also officially CFO in Swift Ventures. You're also training to be a counsellor, which you were just kind of kicking off, I think, when we did our last episode. I don't know whether we talked about that or not. It was pretty fresh around that time. I know COVID was kind of the catalyst to kind of, you know, kick into that that process has suddenly been on my mind for a while, but I think it was pretty fresh when we did our our podcast. But yeah, I mean, it's you know I'm almost done. I'm looking forward to getting certified and uh, and and practicing you know in the very near future. So that's been a great a great addition over the last twelve months. And yeah, my uh, taking on the role of CFO in Swift Ventures has been a new challenge, but uh, exciting nonetheless. It's so funny, like you and I have laughed at how 
we give ourselves as entrepreneurs these titles because like that's what the title is. I was like, I need a CFO. Like I need someone who's in the team running the money. But I know that you've laughed multiple times at the title because like you don't have any finance training, but then, you know, I don't have any business training. And I think this is just such a great example of how as entrepreneurs, like we just have to decide that we're backing ourselves in that role, right? When it's our business, like you, you've kind of just come in and just gone, fuck it. I can do this. Like what, you know, what do we need to do? Like we need to make shit happen in the business. I know that I really need to get like a greater handle on the numbers and how everything's tracking because, you know, I, I just haven't had the time to go there. Like I've wanted to, how's that felt for you? Yeah, it's felt good. Like there's a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Like there's some genuine interest there. I mean, sure, it has its moments, you know, of like brain freeze, you know, trying to get my head around sort of new concepts. And I don't know how many CFOs spend their time like on Google, like Googling finance terms, like what the hell does that mean? I reckon um, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, largely, and I think you can relate to this, It's it's been driven by necessity in some ways because it's, it's, uh, you know, the business has, has become a, a very prominent thing in our lives and in turn our, our personal lives. So, you know, and it's valuable having a good handle on on, on how that all works and, and then how it relates back to our, our joint kind of financial goals as a, as a couple and whatnot. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So today the, the aim of this is to kind of just keep flowing like really conversationally okay. like we are right now, right? And just asking a few questions that or answering a few questions that we got asked from our community that when I put out and said, Che's coming back onto the podcast, what do you want to know from him? And there were some really nice questions. There's, there's kind of a mix. And so we'll just weave those in. But the thing that made me crack up was that when I shared on Instagram stories, I shared a photo of you in the kit or a boomerang of you in the kitchen when I was posting about it. And the question I got asked most in my DMs was what's Che cooking? What does Che cook every night? Because I've definitely shared with anyone who's been a community member, you know, is, is over with me on Instagram. You, you will know that Che is the chef in our house and that he cooks incredible food. Although if you could see I his try. face right now, he hates when I say that. <laughs> uh, so a question I got was like, what, what's Che cooking? What are his go-to meals? So I thought we could start there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, look, I certainly try and, um, you win some, you lose some, some work out and some are like a full swing and a miss. Um, but I guess that's, that's uh, part of the process and it's the process that I, you know, enjoy, uh, in terms of what I cook, I think you'd probably agree. It's like, it's, it's, it's relatively simple stuff is probably my favorite things to do. I mean, this time of year, slow cooking anything is awesome. Anything that fills our house with like uh, the aroma is awesome. And anything that like if we have people around or when we have people around anything, I can kind of like, you know, plonk in the middle of the table like uh, like bolognese or, or casseroles or, or uh, anything of that nature is, is definitely my go-to. What else do I like? Love cooking Mexican. Mm, you cook really good Mexican. I love the sides. I love the sides with Mexican. And I love the fact that you can take, you know, fresh produce and really do, you know, bring it together, but ultimately not do a hell of a lot to it, you know, and it tastes amazing. And it's pretty, it's pretty close to the sauce cooking, which, which I really like too. So that, that'd be a favorite. 
Yeah, we do. We do Mexican a fair bit for guests, right? We really need to, I need to get on to making cocktails because as you know, I'm obsessed with margaritas and I feel like we need to have, maybe in summer we'll do more because we love having people over for dinner and have friends over for dinner a, a reasonable amount. And I feel like in summer, maybe when we're doing more Mexican cooking, I can start perfecting the perfect margarita. My sister-in-law does it really well. We call them Mishoritas because she does amazing margaritas, right? We've had a few family events on Mishoritas. <laughs> Her name is Misha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For context. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you're on your best behavior right now, aren't you? Because it's dry July. We're dry july Yeah. I must are. admit, and that's one of the things I kind of miss the most is 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 not preparing the food with, with wine. That is certainly something that's like a, a favorite thing to do. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, if you, if you come for dinner at our place, inevitably you're going to get something that's pretty akin to comfort food being plunked down in the middle of the table, probably pretty carby, um, pretty rich. So good. Um, Probably like lots of tomato based stuff. You made the most last Friday night, you made the most amazing beef masaman curry from scratch. And I didn't realize, cause I was upstairs while you were cooking for the most part, but you literally like hand grated chopped grated all of the veggies and then pureed them and then mashed them in like a paste so good the reason why and uh is that my new favorite accessory and my current favorite accessory is something i bought recently and so for any anybody that's like into cooking as well if they don't have one i can definitely recommend it is a mini kitchen top food processor i think this thing was like 80 bucks or something like that um it's small about a liter and using that um you know to make your own um you know uh, in this case you know curry paste it's just like it's a total game changer i love that so good but um but yeah so that i'm quite inspired by my brother who makes an amazing roast uh so that's something i like to tackle from time to time and god it's a hard question uh, we got a mate in Frio who does amazing, um, ch- he's got a charcoal grill. And uh, every time I go there, I feel very inspired by him to uh, give that a crack <laughs> at some stage. <laughs> you mentioned wine before, and we really love our wine. I feel like we should maybe just mention a few wines that re- we really love while we're on the subject of food. What What are your go-tos? Oh, like dominating right now is 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 Pinot Noir. Particularly from the Great Southern, obviously we went, we went after our we we had our our honeymoon uh, in Denmark in the Great Southern of Western Western Australia, and we also went down there for a week about uh, a couple of weeks back now. And I tell you, it, it may get that region might get a little overshadowed from time to time from like Margaret River, some of the you know bigger areas in Australia like Barossa or Clare, but like seriously, some amazing wines, particularly. Their Pinot Noir. I think that single file. Single file. Castelli is really good. Lake Castelli's House. awesome. Rockcliffe. Yeah. We really love the Rockcliffe oh, yeah. Pinot Noir. I think that's yeah. my favorite. Mm, mm. But, um, you know, world class in many ways. So if, if you're into your reds and, and if you're into your lighter body, you know, uh, Pinot style, hey, give it a shot, wouldn't you say? Definitely. We love Pinot Noir. In fact, when I think about travel which I think about so much at the moment with longing we have done so many trips to like Pinot Noir uh, regions <laughs> we really love the central Otago region in mm. New Zealand oh, yeah. um, and Tasmania 
for like a midweek Pinot, we drink Anon a lot, A-N-O-N. You'll have to put these in the show notes if our mm. incredible team can mm. follow up with the, the wines that we're talking about. We'll add a couple in that we're chatting yeah. to. Look, there is a, there's some of the Pinot Noir um, purists and they do exist. That, you know, some believe that you can't get a good bottle for under about $30, $40. And I, I just don't think that's that's the case. Um, there's some amazing ones that sit around that 2025. Maybe we don't have a sophisticated palette, but um, hey, it works for us, right? I definitely don't. At least I didn't <laughs> think I did until that one time when we were doing wine tasting with you and your oh, brother yeah, and okay. myself, and I won. I won. You did and I've win. never, ever going to let you yeah. Robinson Brothers live it down <laughs> because I always joke that I learned about wine from you and your brother and then yeah. and then I won the, the, t- the blind tasting. And it wasn't a fluke. I don't think you got all of them, didn't you, in a, in a row? I don't think I got all of them, darling. That's very nice of you to wonder think I wonder why that. my memory's a little hazy. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> you got to hand it to those guys. That was such a – that's a cool um, – cool innovative idea throughout COVID you know I think there was like a hundred odd people that joined in for that virtual tasting yeah for anyone that's Western Australia based what um I'm blanking out right now on the name of them Oldbridge Cellars Oldbridge Cellars right here in Frio yeah in North Fremantle they did a um a a Friday blind tasting where you could sign up online and then they would deliver to you the bottles of wine. And then they did a, an Instagram live where you would log into the, um, watch the Instagram live. And we set it up so that we had Chase brother came over and then we all had, we zoomed in with some other of our friends. And so we had a zoom screen up and we had Instagram live up. And so we were watching this live. And like you say, there were over a hundred people on it live. And the cool part was that there would be questions and then when they were referencing the bottle that we were tasting, they would then bring the winemaker into the Instagram live. I remember watching it being like, this is so clever. Like how could I bring this into my, how can I take inspiration from this and bring this into my industry? There would be so many ways, but yeah, so clever. So cool. Such a good idea. And, um, and some sore heads the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Worth it. (laughs) Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit before this turns into like a full-blown food and wine podcast of which you and I both have absolutely no uh, credentials in, but still happy to chat about forever. Moving on to a little bit more of like a sentimental question. We were asked, how did we know we were each other's the one? Yeah. Do you want to start this one off? Yeah, I can. So whose podcast is this? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think there were there were two moments for me. I think for me, the, the first moment was our very first date when we were at one of our favorite restaurants, Alito in Cottesloe, uh, Western Australia, once again. And um, we had this amazing date where we just talked and talked and talked and still picture the table where we were sitting. It's like I have a very clear visual of that night. And we were there for like four or five hours, something crazy. Like we got there really early and we stayed there for ages and we were just chatting. And I remember there being like a moment when you looked at me and I was like, oh, wow, this is there's like a, a, a like feeling of being home like I've never felt before here. And then I think the second moment was 
um, because we did long distance for that first year. And I remember going back to Sydney and saying to my cousin, who was like a sister to me, I'm now dating this guy back in WA. And, and I think that, I think it might actually be pretty serious and just kind of having this moment of going, wow, I like, we're obviously very committed to continuing this forward and we would only be doing this if we were both feeling something. It felt worth it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, you know, as I contemplate it, I'm like, I can't necessarily pinpoint one specific moment that I knew, but I must admit, and I think, do you remember what I said in my um, my wedding speech? It was something along the lines of uh, right from the beginning, I, I had a feeling we might end up here one day. And it sounds super cheesy, but it's kind of true. And I think that it's it's along the lines of what exactly what you're saying, that right from the very beginning, um, there was just a, a, a sort of a knowing that, that that at the very least it was worth, you know, giving a, a damn red hot go at, at giving a shot. And I must admit, as things kind of progressed, you know, there was a, there was a flow to it. It was enjoyable. It was fun. And all of that. So I think that all of those kind of things and those moments kind of added up to this sense that it was it was worth a shot. And that that continued. So yeah, to largely it was just instinctual. And I do think, you know, the beautiful human that asked this, I, I think that having com- had conversations with girlfriends, I do think that it's very different couple to couple, that answer. But there's usually just that that moment where you can feel some sort of connection that you're like, oh yeah, I could see myself in this connection long term. And I do really think that it's that friendship that ultimately is what stands the test of time. Like you and I joke a lot about like you spend an awful lot of time with each other. Like you <laughs> want to actually really like spending time together. And I think it's kind of frightening when you look out there and you're like do these people actually like each other you know that ultimately knowing that you're my best friend and the first person I want to spend my time with which is what I said in my wedding speech (laughs) that plays a really big role for me yeah definitely I I agree and that's something we've been fortunate to have from the beginning is that we we do enjoy spending time together and uh, but equally you know you're you've been very good like if i want to go somewhere and take a trip or go fishing or whatever you know you've been super supportive and encouraging of that too so I guess it's a bit of it's a bit of a balance between those things and definitely pepper in the things we have in common and then the things that kind of uh, you know where we maybe complement one one another and I think that that that's kind of the secret recipe maybe or or part of it anyway definitely for us and yeah, I mean, you don't have to do everything together and you definitely don't have to like <laughs> like have to be everything. joined at the hip. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, we're both quite independent beings and I think that that's a really healthy attachment style, you know, rather than, I, I mean, yeah, the, the risk of that codependent relationship, especially when you, you know, come into marriage or whatever, just ugh, like that's, that's very <laughs> not us in any way. And I think that that's, well, you said the other day, actually, uh, you made a good point that that's probably something that has been modeled from like my parents. They, in their marriage, really 
like my dad especially loves his alone mm. time and will just go away on solo trips to the middle of the bush where there's like not a single person. And he, yeah, loves, he loves that. It. Loves <laughs> it. And he'll say to mum, right, I'm off for a couple of days. And she's like, see ya, have fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, look, like it can just be so, so revitalizing those things. I honestly share that with your dad in that way. And, you know, especially as you get away to like the bush or somewhere a bit quiet and, you know, that those moments of solitude can really recharge you think a lot differently you can come back a much better version of yourself rather ready to come back into the the relationship dynamic and show up for the other person it it really it pays dividends for sure yeah definitely having some alone time and keeping the things that you do separately i mean i always joke i'm like i don't need to come fishing with you <laughs> no you don't <laughs> uh, no yeah. So continuing continuing down this thread, another question that we were asked is um, what do we believe each other's greatest strengths are? I'm tempted to say like your optimism and positivity, you know, is, is a great attribute. They're both great attributes that I love of yours. But uh, if I had to choose one, I'd probably, I'd probably say self-belief, which you have in spades and uh, something I deeply admire about you and I think it's a great strength because it's sort of it gets you through thick and thin uh, moments it gets you through maybe moments of isolation when you know being a, a solopreneur you know to an extent you have a team obviously but the team are dotted around the world so yeah I'd, I would say self-belief something that I work on so much as well like every single day so yeah that's kind <laughs> so I would say that yours is once again there are many this feel this part of the podcast feels so self-indulgent doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> just get to talk about ourselves for a few minutes I know but I would say my absolute favorite thing about you and I said so many words in our wedding vows they're all on actually on our wedding video on Instagram but I would say the biggest one is your kindness which is the thing that I admire most in any person and you are just the kindest human that I know. Like always giving people the benefit of the doubt and thinking the best in people and like witnessing them as they are and being really mindful of their adversities or reasons why, you know, they might be showing up the way that they are and yeah, just eternally, eternally kind. Thank you. That's so nice. Okay, so... Next question. What's better, Pisces or Virgo? Guess who asked this? <laughs> uh, well, it's got to be Pisces or a Virgo that asked yes. it, I would say. Um, you're going to have to give me a hint. It was it was Tyron. Oh, Tyron, fellow Piscean. Fellow Piscean, one of my beloved inner circlers. Uh, <laughs> yes. So there is definitely some bias where this question came from. I'm going to have to say that, uh, you know, from my perspective – Pisceans, uh, you know, are the best because uh, I because <laughs> okay. I am so one. for context, everyone, Che is a Piscean and I'm a Virgo. Yeah, yeah, and I and I'm you know I love being a Piscean in many ways. But that being said, there are some uh, uh, some qualities of the Virgo which I admire and wish I uh, perhaps had in um, you know a more naturally occurring way, like. The way you kind of uh, uh, sort of, you, I guess, I guess you bring some structure and 
organization and 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 vigor <laughs> to my life <laughs> from time to time uh, you know and and help me sort of I think sometimes I can you know maybe as a person I can get a bit too caught up in in my head and you know I could you know yeah I can spend hours up there and have a great time and uh, you know sometimes when that comes to uh, say being productive, you know, it's it's not too conducive for that. And you help me kind of like, I guess, realign, refocus, not get too bogged down in the detail. And but yeah, you know, I think there's good qualities to both. And I like that for whatever reason, I think we both seek out a harmonious relationship. Yeah, in our respective signs and and together, and and so that's that's a great side of it. But um, and we're in good company, Tara and Pisceans. I mean, Einstein. Steve Jobs. Oh, it was Einstein and Piscean. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and uh, who else was Tony Robbins? Uh, Rihanna. Interesting. Justin Bieber. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I can know I can this. keep going. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's you know. All I know is pretty, that Beyonce cool. is a Virgo, and that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce is a Virgo, and so. That's that's it. I had no idea Einstein was a Piscean. That's so interesting. I can see that because obviously. He, yeah, he spent like a lot of time daydreaming in his head from all the records that we know of him, right? I remember when we first got together and I was searching horoscopes and I was looking up and seeing like the relationship between um, Pisces and Virgos. And it was basically like they could be like one of the soulmate partnerships in the Zodiac or it can be really bad. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, let's see. He's hoping that we're okay. But for us, it, it definitely works. I mean, I think, you know, we've kind of alluded yeah. to this, that our dynamic is very, you know, we are not the same person. Like we are very different human beings and that's what makes us very compatible because there's so many strengths that you have that, support me in the biggest of ways and you know I think about the person that I am in the last eight years and just the balance and like grounding that you've brought to my life and I know like you say that that's been the case for you as well and so there's a really beautiful compliment there for us you know from time to time you know we 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 can have our moments and maybe we get a glimpse of that um you know that disharmony that can occur between our signs, from, but we always come through it. And you know, hey, it's you know, conflict in my eyes part of a healthy relationship. You know, conflict is is all part of it. So that's um, I'm here for that for sure. Well, usually it leads to breakthroughs and transformation, right? Like if yeah. if there's something that needs to be brought to the table, it's usually because one party is feeling a need to rise into a new reality or into yeah a new space in some way and so by actually feeling safe to come together and work through that and process Mm. that then it leads to a healthy upgrade I'm always if ever anyone says oh we've never ever had any disagreements I like that rings warning bells it's a bit of a red flag right right and and I know you've even said that like something that you're studying your counseling training you've studied relationships as you know a big part of that and it's so interesting because it's like well like you say it's really healthy to process that because in doing so we always come out the other side with like a new upgrade or a new new perspective and I think also being in partnership you're never ever going to stay in partnership with the same person that you came into mm. that relationship 
with yeah. because we're and always and growing evolve. and evolving and that's just part of the human experience. Yeah, what, what comes up for you around that? Look, absolutely. And I think that you're right. Like if, if there is zero conflict, one can only assume that some some you know, people are kind of hiding how they really feel and or suppressing how they really feel. And, you know, that's uh, no, not good for anybody at all in the long run. Uh, so, yeah, but I think, yeah, look, as a couple, probably, you know, arguably some of our, some of those moments of our been our biggest moments of growth and I'm sure others maybe listening could say the same thing. Maybe it's useful then to talk through and I think we spoke about this a little bit in the first episode but I really like this subject matter because I feel like we're getting into really like service-based territory sharing these things how we process conflict because neither you or I are shouty people and in (laughs) fact even like you're a Pisces and my chart even though I'm Virgo sun Scorpio rising, Taurus moon. The rest of my chart is basically all water, um, except for a few Capricorn placements. And we both identify as being empathic, highly sensitive humans. And so, yeah, maybe do you want to talk a little bit about like how we process things? You know, talking from my perspective, I think probably one of the the, the most uh, effective things I can do is is take a breath and um, move out of that kind of high cortisol sort of flight flight or fighty kind of uh stress response you know that reactive kind of uh area take a moment cool off and then and process because it's it's virtually impossible if it gets to that point that is to you know get any um kind of like like logical perspective on on what's going on so that's that's been super helpful for me i must admit and then that means i can then come back to you and and sort of talk in a way that that is, uh, you know, cool, calm and collected and isn't going to elicit a equally as reactive and defensive response from you, perhaps. And it's really interesting because was it you that was telling me that there's two types of people in conflict where there's the person that needs to walk away and process and that's part of their attachment style and then there's the person who is like, no, I want to process this together. Was it you that was telling me that or did I hear that somewhere else? Mm, no, it wasn't me, but so I, know, I heard that. They, so people were kind of roughly one in, you know, sort of half yeah. over here, half over here. Yeah, yeah, because I remember I used to find it really irritating that you would want to leave the conversation because I'd be like, <laughs> no, don't leave. We need to process this and talk this through. And I would view you leaving the conversation as like, deciding that you were checking out for it and from it and you weren't there to process things because I process things through the partnership, the dynamic of you being in the room with me and us talking it through. And then when I learned that, I remember being like, huh, this makes total sense. Like everyone processes differently. And so actually by having that awareness that you now, if we're starting to have a conversation about something and things get heated or something comes up and you are like, I need to leave the room, which gosh, probably happens. I don't know, four times a year. And you know, instead of me being like, just leave then, or, you know, <laughs> getting like snarky about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Do you just walk away? Just walk yeah. away. <laughs> I don't know if I, do I say that? Maybe I do. Instead of being like that, knowing that that's just what you need. And then we can like meet again and talk it through. Yeah, that's right. It just helps uh, let the dust settle and get some clarity on what's really going on. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think it's, far more productive 
Yeah, agree. From my perspective, yeah. So something else that we were asked is, it's a really beautiful question. I'm going to read it out fully. Cool. I'd love to hear you talk about how you navigate your different needs and preferences, particularly when it comes to risk and goals. My experience is that the business owner partner is more comfortable with risk and has ambitious goals, which necessitates different development work than the non-biz partner. How does that impact the other? Look, I feel I feel fortunate in the sense that you've kind of you've always been, done a really great job to bring me along for the ride. I think we also talked about a little bit in the first podcast too. So, you know, I've always sort of had a, a teeny bit of an insight into what's going on to a degree. But having said that, being an online business and not being involved in the day to day, it's 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 a bit conceptual. For me, and maybe some guys can kind of relate to this because because we just hear about it secondhand because obviously because it's super private and confidential, it all happens behind closed doors in some way. So we sort of we know a little bit about what's going on a little bit, but not the whole sort of thing. And I guess what I've learned to do is trust you know your judgment implicitly that that what you decide is is the best move for the business. But that that's been a learning curve for me probably in many ways. You know, or if there is something that both of us feel is inherently risky, but you you feel it's necessary and it's something that's necessary to do, then you know, in, invariably, I'm you know, I've learned to back you uh, and your intuition and 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 your decision all the way. It's probably been easier for you to back me when I'm sharing those goals or when I'm talking about the risk related to the business because I've presented it really backing myself already, even when I have no idea if it's going to work or not. And so you're kind of feeding off that energy of, okay, well, you're presenting it to me in a way where it sounds really like a good idea. So of course I'm going to be bought into that. And I think that what can often be true, what I often see with clients is that if somebody presents something to their partner and they're wavering in the information, they're, they're not necessarily self-assured in what they're sharing, then that person's going to reflect that back to them. And it's the same when you're starting or building anything and you're sharing a vision. If you're not backing your vision, then the person that you're presenting that information to is not going to back that vision. Like it, it really has to start with you. And so I think that you've reflected back to me the way that I've presented it to you. And I've had a really strong belief around backing myself, even when I don't know that, that it's going to work and trusting that you've got my back no matter what. And that's something you do really well is that you have my back, even, you know, risk, you don't know. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But you've backed me even when I'm like, this is what I think can happen. Like, this is what I believe I can do here. This is what I think will occur when I invest in this coach or usually it's been coaching investments for us in the business. And I think we should relate this to personal life in a moment as well, because the question's um, not specific mm. necessarily to business, okay. but I think this will be helpful. And so I think, I think that's a key thing like that I've really, yeah, presented things because I've backed myself. I think also I would say that in our relationship personally, yes, I've probably been the one who is more like, I really, really want to go there with 
like new goals and changes and shifts and like, let's move into this new lifestyle transition. Let's do this. Let's do that. But you also are someone who's very open to change, very excited by possibility, very open to the potential of things. And so you've always greeted those things with a really open mind. And I actually feel like we're coming into a season of our relationship where it's shifting a little bit where you are bringing a lot of those things to the table, which I I really enjoy as well. But you've always just continued to meet me where I'm at. Like, I think that a lot of people lean out with these conversations because of fear. And so just being able to really openly have those conversations of like, this is the next goal. This is the next risk. This is you know, what we really want to do with the aim to keep evolving and growing and also sharing, sharing those goals and then presenting it as something that serves the partnership. There's, there's so many layers to this that we could speak to. There really is. Yeah. And look, we're all, you know, inherently hardwired for, for certainty. Yeah. Read safety. Um, So anything that feels, uh, you know, like a risk or, you know, a departure from the status quo is going to make us feel uneasy and it's more palatable for some and more, you know, and more for others. And two kind of pivotal moments, I guess, for, of change and that felt like a bit of a risk at the time that I had to kind of do some work around was when one, when you actually decide to leave your corporate job, you know, because you'd worked so hard to get to to the top of the pile there and, and you know, uh, and I know that had been a, a big goal of yours and you'd finally got there and then, you know, we're going to sort of chuck it in and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we were thinking that one through and and then secondly, when I think things were getting, you know, and I love Beautiful You and, and Julie and stuff like that and I think that, you know, but you obviously reached that point where you physically couldn't juggle your commitments to them and, you know, the growth of your business and, and so you decide to kind of cast off uh, you know, working with them and, and sort of, and you were 100% just, you know, you in your business at that point too. And again, you know, like the ladder doesn't feel significant, significantly risky, but there was still a moment of like, okay. I was earning over 100K in my business at that point. But I think it's just yeah. it's such like conditioned thinking, isn't it's it? Like, yeah, it's just this old old school mentality, you know, and, and, you know, I'm happy to admit that there are times where I, you know, I definitely demonstrate that and working to become a little more progressive because I see now and certainly in hindsight that this sort of calculated risk-taking is is key for, you know, growth and, and business development in this world. It's just part and parcel. Yeah. And I think in our relationship dynamic as well, you've probably continued to be more open as you've ventured into counselling and as you've ventured into more work that has encouraged you to do your own personal development as well. And so I think that's another layer to this question is that the more personal development work a person does, I believe that that then supports these conversations as well in a really big way, because there's more of that openness and openness to change. Yeah, absolutely. I remember friends of ours, she's actually talked about this publicly, so I will say her name, our friends Tracy Spencer and and Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember Trace saying once that there was a moment where 
Luke basically was witnessing Trace growing and evolving so much in where she was at and in her business. And he either thought or said, and I'm, I'm just very much paraphrasing this, but he either thought or said something along the lines of, I need to step up, otherwise I'm going to lose her. Or like, I have a decision to make, like I'm, I'm going on this journey with her or we're going in different directions. And I think about that quite often because I think it's just normalizing those things, right? Because we are always growing and evolving as people. Like there is no way in the world that the Che I'm loving in 20 years time is going to be the same as the Che right now. And so I think normalizing the decision, the choice of like, I chose this person in front of me. I'm going to keep choosing them in every iteration of who they are. And that's a priority for me. And so what does that mean for me and my growth and my evolution? Where do I need to continue to flow so that I'm serving and supporting them as well as being true to myself? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess normalizing uh, from from the guy's perspective too, that that growth and evolution is is part and parcel of, of that relationship too. So put some focus on that on a, on a regular basis. They're powerful moments, those full like fork in the road moments as a, as a you know, certainly as a couple. And yeah, it's, it obviously worked out for the, for the best for those guys. Okay. So another question, how do you create safety for each other? I must admit from, from my perspective, I haven't necessarily thought about how you create safety uh, as such. Do you want to take this one for a minute? Isn't it a really primal thing that it's often the, uh, you know, obviously we're speaking to our experience, which in our relationship, I'm, you know, woman identifying and and Mm. you identify as being a male. And so in the context of our specific relationship, I believe that there's a primal thing where for the woman, it's more about creating safety that is like the core value of, of a woman. And for a man, it tends to be more about freedom. And if we look at that in the primal context of like caveman days where the woman was the nurturer who would stay with the babies and, you know, be safe and look after the family that way. And the man was the protector who would go out and hunt and gather and all of those things that that certainly makes sense. And so for me, yes, I, I, as you know, have placed a tremendous amount of value on safety as something that is incredibly important to me. Like my home is so important to me. Our home is so important to me and feeling like we're safe at all times in all the ways. And so for me, you create safety in all the ways, like physical safety of like, I feel very safe in your arms, like mental, emotional safety. If I'm, you know, spinning out about something or feeling a little bit like flustered about something or something's bothering me, you have a very calm voice that my mum and dad always say like chain knows how to handle you <laughs> um you can sometimes get this voice on where you're like hey everything's okay and you just create this real certainty for me that everything's okay and you're always thinking about like where we're at and into our future of our financial safety and and all of those things and so yeah i i would say that you create safety in all the ways for me and that is very very important I think you create like a a level of emotional safety. I would say that comes in the form of like uh, trust and and support. You know, I feel 
I feel heard within our relationship and supported. I feel like I can be myself uh, and all those sorts of things. So I guess that would be within the sort of uh, realms of, of feeling safe in many ways. A few more that we're going to pepper in here. Okay, let's go. What's your favorite book? I can answer it first. My favorite book is yep. The Alchemist. I think that it's got such a beautiful universal story that I can't imagine a person on the planet wouldn't get something from. Like the ultimate theme and message is about following your heart and like the the power of the journey when you follow your heart and that really being the focus and the priority of yeah. life, of this life. Uh, so there's just such a beautiful, beautiful theme in there and it's told so magically through story in a yeah captivating story it's that really like heart expanding endearing message the whole way through it's really beautiful which i i'm just thinking to answer your question with another question if you could choose one book to gift to people or, or is there a book that you gift people regularly like is that a book that you gift to people well, not really. I, a book I gift to people a lot is Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, that's great. I love that book so much. That was a really transformative book for me. I, I think it's really great when you're in early stages of business and you're really early stages of online business where content creation is such a priority because I remember having these thoughts of like what if my creativity runs out and it's just feeling really scarce around my creativity essentially and that book's so powerful because it really supports you to anchor back into the fact that your creativity really is limitless and you are going to continue to get downloads and information and inspiration always that's going to support you on your way and it just made me feel so empowered about creating content on a consistent basis that kind of helped you like kind of level up a bit huh yeah I loved that book so much still do I, I know I gave it to you to read you really liked it didn't you yeah I loved it yeah she's she's awesome um didn't she eat did she write Eat, pray, love. Eat, pray, love. She, yeah, yeah. What would you say in the last 12 months has really moved the needle in terms of like up-leveling again? Is there anything recently like a habit or a practice, probably not so much a book, but anything that you do that comes to mind where you've like, hey, that's made a huge difference for me and how I show up in my biz and life and how I feel and all that sort of stuff? You know, I would say the biggest thing that comes up for me is – like the next level of CEO mindset that I've taken, which has been just to create more distinction between business and personal life. So as you know, I've been like switching off my social media apps on the weekend and just being really present in life. And, you know, no one's died from that. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's, it's been fine. And it's actually been so healthy for me to just really step out of the online space over the weekend and not be connected to that. Do things like just turn off my computer, shut the door at the end of the day, 
you know, spend time very much in the real world with you and with our families and mm. with our friends who are so important to us. And now that the team's gotten bigger, you know, we've got some new team and there's that's yeah. certainly evolved recently. There's definitely just been this next level of like delegation and only doing what I need to do within the business and empowering others to support me in their roles because everyone wins when you do that. Just that next level of CEO mindset and trust and decision-making and just owning my day-to-day decisions, knowing that, you know, one in every few is probably an incorrect decision, but I just need to keep moving the needle forward. And so that's okay if I make wrong decisions. So, so yeah, next level of CEO mindset, which encompasses you know, decision-making and empowerment of my team and really creating more of a, a company culture. That's been a real focus this year. And then creating that distinction for me where I really switch off, turn off social media, focus more on rancho relaxing in my personal life. I've been good at it. You told me the other day I've been really good at it, right? I know. I was just about to say, I have, I have noticed that. I've noticed like a real kind of... Uh, balance between you know sort of business and personal kind of like uh to kind of being introduced i can't remember when exactly but now you mention i'm like yeah totally that's right in your wheelhouse there's no like mindset related totally totally i've got a social media post that's half written that i'll share at some point which is it starts by saying she's got the energy of someone who spends a lot of time offline and it basically (laughs) speaks to how like we're more magnetic when we don't spend our whole life online Like we don't want to work with the people that just live online. We want to work with people where, and I'm thinking, you know, specifically like coaches and, and people that you're maybe working with as mentors. Like you want to work Mm. with people where you can see that they've got a really full life if you're looking to, to have that yourself. Yeah. And like, I must admit, like you are strikingly similar offline to who you are online you're the real deal when it comes to i think like your online personality and your offline like you know bubbly and like full of energy and positivity especially in the mornings or oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> a nice thing to say darling yeah oh, you're welcome yeah so that's an interesting observation I don't know whether you do know, but that's like the biggest compliment I could ever receive from anyone that meets me where we've previously only ever had an online relationship that that I'm the same. Yeah, you're the genuine article. So is there anything that we, you know, have chatted through today that you want to add to or anything you feel we've missed or anything that you would really want to add for any of my community that's listening or their partners? Oh, look, it's been great. Like I loved all those questions and uh, I hope I, I did them justice. It's so cool that people people send those through and uh, we get the opportunity to, to, to talk talk about it. Sure is. So good. Well, thank you for being back for my 50th episode. If you're lucky, hey, I congratulations might get you back again. <laughs> on episode 50, episode 100 perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I love that you're like, you're already calling it episode 100. I'll be back. We'll see. Oh, you'll make it there. We'll see I what my you. Oh, No, I'm definitely going to make it there. It's just more whether you're getting invited back for the 100th episode <laughs> or not. Well, I'll just have to uh, play my cards right, be on my best behavior. You will. Thank you for being here and thank uh, you for having this yeah, conversation was, with me. That was super fun. No so worries. good. I love you. Love you too. All right, I just want to quickly share with you before we jump off today that we 
currently have the cart open for the mindset method. And if you are listening to this in real time, I am so incredibly excited for the women that have joined me already. And I'd love to share a little bit about it with you before we jump off. This is my five-week course for you to master your mindset so that you can supercharge your business. In this five-week experience, I'm going to take you through my manifestation, money mindset, and limiting belief processes so that you can create the abundant success and happiness that you are most seeking in your life and in your business. This includes identifying and rewriting your limiting beliefs and stories, strategies to become an energetic match to what you most want in your life, upgrading your relationship to success and money becoming the happiest person you know, and applying these principles to the way you lead your business through CEO mindset, which I touched on a little bit just before. What's more, for the first time, I'm running this program live with me as your mindset coach. So that means your opportunity to ask me questions, be coached by me and go through this process with a community of absolutely incredible like-minded business owners. I teach this using my signature framework of the SWIFT mindset method, which my clients have used to generate amazing results. And I would really encourage you to check out the sales page and take a look at those at elliswift.com forward slash mindset dash method. The doors are closing very, very soon. So make sure you jump on over and check it out. If you have any questions at all, I'm available in DMs, Ellie H. Swift. I'd absolutely love to support you with your mindset. Jump on over and check it out. Have an amazing rest of your day. 